King Wave Fox Beard Lock is acting very weird Captain Pike, Cisco's wife, Klingons and the afterlife Boimler, Tendi's dog, Ransom is very harsh Four Drive, Black Alert, Giorgio has gone berserk Teacher Batless, Edward is an idiot, Fox is dead, Wolf is wed, Chekhov's wearing red. Tita's cat, Kim Pack's cat, you had said enough of that. Beam me up, make it so, everybody let's go. We are Well, good evening, Trekkies and Trekkies around the globe. <laughs> Somebody got to record them. Vapor lock is the card. Vapor lock. Purge the invite. <laughs> it's going to be a great night, guys. It is Thursday, August 24th. 2023. I'm your most excellent host, Uncle Jim, with you again for episode 554. Can you believe it? 554 podcasts. What is this world? So many. To? So many podcasts. This incredible. And uh, as of right now, we have 128,093 downloads of the podcast and a hundred and sixty thousand three hundred and twenty one followers on our Facebook page. Wow. That is incredible. Thank you guys for making this such a huge success. I I appreciate it and I can't say thank you enough. But before I go off too far talking of my greatness, I want to speak of the greatness of my trust <laughs> first. And we're gonna start out with the one who's not <clears throat> in Portland, and of course, we're talking about our very own Charles, who's out in Las Vegas. How you doing tonight, Charles? I'm doing all right. Been a busy week. Too bad with the hurricane. Not quite an inch of rain, so we survived it, though the mountains and the uh, county next to us, I think, got hit pretty bad. Now we're getting the after effects of Texas' hurricane. A little bit of that depression coming through is monsoon season. So, but we're not at 100 degrees yet, so we're good. <laughs> oh, wow. Delightful. Well, that's the, <laughs> let me go grab some plane tickets. Vegas, man, that is the threshold. <laughs> yeah. We well, we're nowhere even remotely so. close. Uh, to a hundred here in Vermont, not even, not even on the scale. So that's, I guess that's a good thing. So let's swing around to Portland where I have my triple play and we'll start off with the donut guy who had one too many donuts. Of course, we're talking about David. How you doing tonight, David? I'm groupy and I feel very numb. I just got done with a dentist appointment, so I'm doing good. <laughs> Well, that, that's a, great. That's enough to make anybody happy. <laughs> and they didn't use wow. laughing gas. 
Just so you know. <laughs> just oh, pure boy. ether. Pure <laughs> Yeah. They just gassed him right there. Boom. What's the stuff that they used Boom. to have in France that you could drink back in the day? Absinthe. Yeah, I think... Yes. Uh, I think uh, David's been to the absinthe dentist. It's kind of a trendy new thing, right? So he's, uh, yeah, he's comfortably numb for sure. <laughs> Too much Pink Floyd for him. Yeah, for real. <laughs> and that's me. Theme. We're going to say hello to our own toy guy, Paul. How you doing tonight, Paul? Hello, bonjour, Uncle Jim. I am doing well. It's been a crazy week. It's just been banana town out here, but uh, but doing okay, doing good. You know, it's uh, you got to just count up all the positives. That's what you got to focus on, and it's been pretty positive. So uh, it's pretty good. It's, it's a good uh, good time to be a science fiction fan. That's all I know. I've been uh, a lot of great stuff. A lot of yeah, stuff. Uh, a lot of good stuff. And I just yeah. watched. Um, hegemony again last night just to make sure i was super fresh as a daisy for our little discussion tonight so bring uh, it on baby <laughs> yeah i watched it about 20 minutes ago so i'm as fresh as fresh can be <laughs> and wrapping up our portland contingent with us as always is our very own eric how you doing tonight I am doing fantastic, and I will say that, uh, you know, it seems like Paul has that attitude of accentuate the positive, eliminate the negative, which I have always uh, subscribed to, and I also am freshly off this episode. I literally finished it probably, Jim, about the same time. Maybe we were synced. Maybe there was like some cosmic link whereby you and I were actually watching the episode at exactly the same time. And we just timed out at the same time because about 20 minutes ago, I finished myself. Doppelganger is cool. Boom. You see that? So we're going to have a lot of fun, guys. As usual, we have our fan shout-outs. We have our Star Trek birthdays. We have some Star Trek news. And, of course, we're going to talk about the series finale of Star Trek Strange New World. And guess what? The Gorn are back, and they are pissed. That's right. A pissed-off Gorn. What could be worse, huh? And uh, the Enterprise is under attack. Um, Starships are destroyed. Uh, The Enterprise could really use a miracle about now, but we'll have to wait over a year to find out if they get it. But I kind of think they will. We'll have to wait and see. But we're going to have a lot of fun. Our phone number here is 646-668-2433. And give us a call and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. But we do have a little bit of housekeeping to do, some some, uh, prerequisites that we need to get into first. And the first thing we got to do is talk a little bit about Fandom Fest. Fandom Fest is back at Proctor's August 26th and 27th. Featuring your favorite celebrities like Keith David, Alan Tudyk, and Todd Haberkorn. Join the cosplay contest, shop the vendor hall, feast your eyes on the awesome vehicles in the Geek Garage, and join in on a medieval adventure in the Dragon Dungeon. Fandom Fest has something for everyone. Come get your geek on at Fandom Fest, August 26th and 27th. Passes on sale now, starting at $35. Get yours today at fandomfest.org. So speaking about getting your geek on, Trek Talking is going to be there, and yours truly, Uncle Jim, is going to be there. That's this weekend, as a reminder. And I'm going to be doing a panel at 5 o'clock on Saturday night called Trek Talking Across 
I'm sorry, Star Trekking across the universe by Trek Talking, which is me. And because it's not a Star Trek convention, I picked, you know, a, a very wide Star Trek theme. So I don't know exactly what we'll be talking about. It depends on what the fans that show up want to talk about. But with 58 years of Star Trek to draw from, I'm sure I won't have a problem engaging the audience. So if you're in the area and you want to have a little trick talking, stop by Fandom Fest, say hello to Uncle Jim, look for the sexy Klingon, and maybe he'll let you touch his bat with you. never can tell and have some fun. It's going to be great. They're going to have there the captain's chair. That's right. The captain's chair is going to be there so you can get your picture taken in the captain's chair. Um, they're also going to have um, uh, the Doctor Who thingy the bobber there. What, what do you call the it? TARDIS? The TARDIS? It's called the, the TARDIS, TARDIS, man. Thing. It's bigger on that the inside thing. than yeah, it is the on the outside. Yes, the TARDIS is going to be there as well. And they left out they left out the person I'm excited the most to see, Summer Glau. So no. uh, stop by and say hello. Trek Talking will definitely be there. Speaking of events that Trek Talking is going to be involved in, um, I have another one, and Eric was kind enough to throw this together for us real quick so that we could play it for you guys right here tonight. Interested in aliens? Alien cons and exploration to the unexplained mysteries that exist between science fact and science fiction. Experience the long-running hit program Ancient Aliens live on tour. This interactive event explores thought-provoking extraterrestrial theories on fan-favorite topics from ancient Egypt to the moon. Ancient Aliens Live lands at Portland's Arlene Schnitzer Concert Hall on Friday, September 15th. Tickets on sale now at ancientaliensLiveTour.com. All right, and speaking of ancient aliens, I happen to have a pair of weekend passes for the Portland show. Now, Eric, are you planning on attending and and representing Trek Talking? Will you be there? Uh, There is a 100% chance that I will be at the Ancient Aliens thing at the Schnitzer. Yeah, for sure. And I'll be wearing my Trek Talking t-shirt, so uh, you can come up to me. You can get a business card. You can talk about the podcast, whatever you want, man. Uh, We don't have a table or anything, but I'll be representing. And I believe David is going to be there as well. He won't have any donuts, but I think David's going to be there as well. Correct, David? I will be 100% there. Somewhere. I don't know about Paul. (laughs) Somewhere. Paul's going to make it (laughs) around the corner. Well, I'm looking at my calendar right now in real time here. And uh, let's see. I have the new dancer audition at 3 and... (laughs) The uh, the fascist uh, destruction planting happens at uh, yeah. four. Yeah. You know, I think I can make it. I think well, I can. It's a busy day, but I think I can do it. Yeah, let's let's do it. Don't forget your yeah. triple yeah. speaking. I just class. need a couple hours to uh, to wash off all that spray tan, and I should be good to go. <laughs> Excellent. So uh, bring on the so alien. They will be very well represented at AlienCon. So if you would like to meet up with our contingent from Portland, from the Trek Talking contingent, and you're in the Portland area, all you need to do is go to trektalking.com, 
click on the blue talk back microphone in the bottom right-hand corner and leave us a message and say, hey, dudes, I'd like to go to AlienCon. It's very important that you leave your email address because if you just record a message and don't tell me who you are, I have no way to get in touch with you to send you the weekend passes. So make sure you leave your email. Do that right now. Oh, actually, you know what? Forget that. Don't do that right now. If you're listening to me right now, <laughs> the easiest way to guarantee nice that pivot. you get those tickets is to call 646-668-2433. We will be live for the next two hours. So if you're listening to my voice right now, and it is Thursday night, and it is 730, wherever you are, then pick up the phone and call, and you'll get those tickets. If you're listening to my voice any other time besides Thursday night, then you need to go to trektalking.com and click on the blue talkback mic. I think that's pretty easy, right? <laughs> there it is. Uh, that was pretty so, clear, right. I like it. Yeah, just to be that, clear, it's Portland, Oregon, right? Not Portland, Maine. Yeah, not Portland, Portland Maine. Yeah, no, 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 okay. No, if it was Portland, Maine, then Uncle Jim would be going there himself. So, you know, this is Portland, Oregon, so... You guys want to check that out if you're in the area. I just have one more little thing to talk about before we dive right into the show, and that is Brett Conoroga 2023. Uh, we were there. Well, I was there with my wife, Karen, and let me tell you, we had a blast. It was so much fun this year. I think part of the reason why it was so fun is that it wasn't 95 degrees like it was oh, last year. So hot. Um, so hot. I did – oh. It was it was rainy. It was damp. It was cool, which was great if you're wearing a rubber cling on head like I. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was fun. Uh, the dealers room they had they had a lot of stuff. I posted some pictures on our Facebook page. Uh, there was some great cosplay, some great costumes. I put a few pictures up. I did a panel on uh, Friday night actually uh, about Michael Burnham. Uh, being a, a perfect example of a modern Starfleet captain, which was very well attended. And then I did my Star Trek V panel on Saturday, which was also pretty well attended. And uh, there was a gentleman sitting in the front row dressed up as Captain Kirk with a Go Climb a Rock shirt on. Nice. And I posted a picture of, of him and me on our Facebook page. The dealer's room. And if you guys listen to this podcast at all, you know that, my favorite, favorite movie is Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. And way, way, way back in 1989, William Shatner uh, wrote a book called Captain's Log, The Making of Star Trek V. I bought it, but it's been long gone. Not available on Kindle electronically. You have to find a printed copy. I'm walking through the dealer's room, and I see this guy with a whole rack full of books. And right there on the front, staring at me, is a mint condition of this book. And I was like, oh, my God. I picked it up. And I was like, how much is this book? And he says, I was five bucks, Tom. I couldn't get the money out of my pocket quick enough. Threw him his five bucks, grabbed my book. It was my big find. So Trek Conoroga was a lot of fun. It was a well-attended event. I talked to Robin Curtis. I got to sing happy birthday to Jonathan Frakes because his birthday was on Saturday. And he was in the autograph room, and we all sang happy birthday to him, which was cool. If you guys don't recall, last time I was at Treconaroga, I got to uh, share a urinal with Q himself. Um, that because was, if you yeah. 
If you have sharing a urinal, not not simultaneous sharing here, is that what's going on? I mean, no, he means he was peeing adjacent to John Delancey himself. Okay, that is. I don't think that's really sharing a urinal. You know, it's like it might be sharing a urinal in Alabama, but it's not sharing a urinal anywhere. So yeah, that's a no. You almost came out of the continuum there, dude. Conoroga is held at the Ticonderoga High School. And so, every you know, like, the urinals are, like, you know, a foot off the floor. You almost got to be on your knees. I mean, Eric knows what I'm talking about. Don't um, cross I, the streams, Jim. Don't no, cross the streams. I peed in those urinals, and it, is, uh, it, it takes a little bit of skill. You got to know what you're doing, for sure. So, last time I was there, I was dressed up as a Klingon, and John Delancey came and and peed right next to me. That was my exciting, my high point of the convention. Uh-huh. Well, I had that's another you can want to come in. on the show. <laughs> to great John episode, Delancey great episode for today. Good teaser. <laughs> I, um, hey, John, you probably remember me. We peed next to each other once. Uh, would you like to come on our podcast? <laughs> probably wouldn't recognize me. <laughs> I, love it. But, love it. I don't know. Maybe. So, <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Well, oh, this year, at this year's event, I had another encounter with John Delancey, although not at a urinal. Um, I'm walking down the hallway <laughs> from the vendor's room to get to the autograph what? room. The autograph room is in the cafeteria, which is the only air-conditioned room in the building. And so this guy holds the door open for me, and he says, don't ever stand in the way of a Klingon warrior. And he opens the door. I wasn't really paying attention to who opened the door for me, but it was John Delancey. (laughs) And I walked in, and he was right behind me. I walked down the ramp because it's handicapped accessible, obviously. And I walked down the ramp into the autograph room to go and talk to Robin Curtis. And as soon as I walked in the door... Everybody in the autograph room started cheering. So, of course, I waved my batlas and said, thank you, thank you, thank you very much, thank you, that's not necessary, thank you, thinking that they were cheering for me. But in reality, no one knew who the hell I was. They were cheering for the guy walking in right behind me, who was John Delancey. Basically, Uh, you're saying you shared the same door. No, he's like this... He's like the silver yeah. surfer to John Delancey's <laughs> Galactus, if you are a Marvel fan. <laughs> so, yeah, that was my big my big brush with fame, and no one even knew who I was. So, But I took it anyways. I enjoyed it. I soaked it up like a sponge. So while I was there, at each one of my panels, and everyone that came over to the table, I said, listen, guys. If you'd like to win yourself a free copy of Strange New World Season 1 on Blu-ray, you need to go to trektalking.com, click on the talkback mic, and tell me what your best part of Trekonderoga was. And I'll pick a winner, play it on the podcast, make sure you leave me your email address so I can send it to you, and the whole world will hear what you thought. Well, I have a winner. Okay. (laughs) Um, yes, we do, and you guys are going to hear from that winner right now. I want to say congratulations to, let me look up his name, to David Torrey. That's right, David Torrey. And David Torrey left us this 
awesome message on our Facebook page. And because I, he left this awesome message and he was so great to talk to at Triconderoga, he will be receiving a copy of Strange New Worlds on Blu-ray Season 1. And this is what David had to say about Triconderoga. The best part of the weekend at Ticonderoga wasn't an event, it wasn't an appearance, it wasn't a tour of the set even. Rather, it was the opportunity to meet up with friends from Miami, from Indiana, from New Hampshire, and all be able to get together and share our love of Star Trek in person. That is what made it a wonderful weekend. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't agree anymore. The only thing he could have said from Vermont he could have said this great-looking, sexy Klingon. Uh, there's, you know, he could have said that my Star Trek Five panel was the best. There we go. There we go. You know, um, but uh, I, I just, I really liked the sentiment of what he said, and I really liked, I, I agreed with him completely, especially coming off of COVID. Getting together and meeting fans in person is the best. So, congratulations to David Torrey. All right, guys. Well, that is everything I wanted to talk about before we dive into the show. And uh, now we'll get back to our regularly scheduled event. We always start off our show with our fan shout-outs. And you can find yourself mentioned in a future fan shout-out by heading over to our page. And when you get there, you'll see a, a pinned post at the top asking where you're listening from. Just tell us where you're listening from. And the more emojis and the more creative that your post is, the better chance you have it's going to catch my attention and get onto the podcast. If you see a heart next to your name from yours truly, Uncle Jim, then your comment has been chosen for a future fan shout-out. And, Eric, you want to get us started this week with our fan shout-out? You better believe I do. Our very first fan shout-out this week goes out to Miriam Mertens, who is saying, Love from Dusseldorf in Germany. We have a lot of supporters in Germany, and Miriam, we are so happy that you are here with us celebrating Star Trek, uh, which is, of course, a truly international phenomenon. So thank you so much for supporting the podcast and for saying hello to us all the way from Dusseldorf. We're also saying hello this week to Simone Van Dyke, who's saying hello to us from Borger in the Drenthe province of the Netherlands. Live long and prosper, and little starry eyes. Right back to you, Simone. <laughs> I love your emojis. Thank you so much. Anna Marie Polson is saying hello to us from Guess Where, guys? A brand new place. That's right. I keep track. And never once have we ever had anybody say hello to us before from Greenland. So wow. Anna Marie Polson, awesome. thank you so much for putting another dot on our Trek Talking map. All the way from Greenland, uh, that looks like some amazing area of the planet to be on. I would love to go there, and uh, maybe you should call into the podcast and tell us how awesome it is. <laughs> Thanks for supporting us. And uh, my final fan shout-out goes out to a local. Jerry Taylor is saying hello to us all the way from PDX. That's right, Portland, Oregon, right here local where three-fifths of the podcast resides. Jerry Taylor uh, we should hang out, man. Uh, where, where are places we frequent? I, I go to Guardian Games quite a bit. 
Uh, I, I go to the grocery store on, uh, you know, 68th and Fremont quite a bit. So, you really uh, like that old DMV on 82nd Avenue, right? The, the, when, no, 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 the DMV on 33rd is way better. You get there at like 7.15 in the morning, you're all set, brother. So, uh, Jerry Taylor. I thought you liked the sleazier DMV, though. No, I, <laughs> no, that's the one next to the ladies of the night, and I try to avoid that. All know. right, man. I, I, I'll, I'll keep your cover for you, man. I don't want to blow your alter ego, whatever. Grind fighter. Jerry Taylor, <laughs> let's meet up at the 33rd Avenue DMV sometime, brother. Uh, thank you so much for saying hello to us. And uh, Charles, I'm going to pass this uh, shout-out megaphone over to you. Who do you want to say hello to? Okay. All right. Let's start out with a welcome to... Bill Brenz from Grand Rapids, Michigan. Top fan, Matthew Keith Getz from San Diego, California. Uh, Matthew, how'd you do with the hurricane? I know it passed right through you. Right through. Top fan, Julia Santos. I'm from Hartford, Connecticut, now living in Puerto Rico. Boy, that's what I call an interesting change. And finally, a welcome to Benjamin Webster from St. Louis, Missouri. Welcome. David, who's on your list? All right, yeah. Uh, So I'm still numb, so bear with me. I got a little bit of a speech impediment problem. I'm still droopy. Anyway, so I would like to say welcome, uh, shout out to uh, top fan, Lynette Duty Saro from Shield Beach, California. Sorry if I'm butchering everybody's name. But uh, next shout out is uh, thank you to Amy Kalian from Daytona Beach, Florida. Next on the list is uh, Russell Carson from, oh wait, no, he says the great Midwest, Indiana, to be specific. Not a bad place to observe the day and night sky if sky if one grew up on a family farm as I did. Oh, uh, so true, that Russell. That would have been so cool to see the Milky Way. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, and my last uh, uh, shout out and thank you to a top fan, Vicky Watson from Lowry Station, Pennsylvania. And that's it for me. Paul, who's on your list? All right, David. Thanks, man. We got all kinds of folks checking in with us today. First of all, a great big hello and welcome to Roland Phillips, who's given us a shout out all the way over in Bournemouth, England. Wow, that's a long distance there, Roland, but always great to hear from fans in the UK. Excellent, excellent uh, to hear from you. Uh, On another continent, we're going to head over to Cape Town, South Africa, flag billowing proudly in the wind there, and we say hello to our friend Kiari Van Wyk in Cape Town. It is great to hear from you, Kiari. Thanks for being a fan and sharing enthusiasm for all things Star Trek. Moving over to yet another corner of the planet, we got top fan David Borboni, who is saying hello to us from Toyonaka, Japan, flag displayed billowing in the wind. David, it is great to hear from you. Wonderful place to live and, uh, and enjoy all things Star Trek. And finally for me, we've got greetings and kapla to our friend C. Monet. 
put them all together, it could spell Simone. There might be something going on there. I'm not sure if that's a, a clever clue or what, but uh, Simone slash Simone is uh, giving us a shout out from Occitanie, France, and sends all my love to my fellow Trekkies around the world. And that's our international slice of Star Trek enthusiasm, pals. Let's pass it over to Jim. Yeah, thank you so much, Paul. I'd like to say thank you and kapla to top fan Alana Alexander, who's listening to us right now in New Orleans, Louisiana. Another top fan, Alexander Borgia, who's listening to us in the Big Apple, New York City. Thank you for being a fan. We appreciate it. We'd also like to say thank you and hello to Courtney Elizabeth, who's from a little town in northern Pennsylvania called Mickelson, flashing us to live long and prosper. Thank you so much, Courtney. We appreciate it. And last on my list, we want to say thank you and kapla to top fan Jeff Bizdorf, who's listening to us in New Jersey in the U.S. of A. Thank you so much to each and every one of us. And I'd like to say thank you from the bottom of my heart and make sure you head over to Trek Talking and uh, trektalking.com and say hello. All right. Every week, usually on Friday, I post a post on our Facebook page and I ask you guys, the fans, what you thought about this week's episode. Now, because they dropped two episodes on us, obviously the season finale was two weeks ago, but we're talking about it tonight. So, Eric. What did our fans have to say about Hegemony? Well, I'll say Christopher Armstrong gave it a 10, mostly because of Scotty, but I had that much info spoiled for me, and it ended up being worthy of what I expected. Top fan Donald Marshall said, I'll give it a 10 in the way it reminded me of The Next Generation, Best of Both Worlds Part 1. Could not agree more, Donald. Let's talk about the cliffhanger. Woo! It was an excellent episode. I love the characters. I just hope no one gets killed off. Thanks, Donald. Top fan Craig McKinnon said a 10 easy. I think that they did this right in that they spent the time to develop full characters, and it worked for this episode. I love the writing, the characters, the enterprise. This is fast becoming my favorite Star Trek series. Top fan Jan Payne gave it a 10 in the last 20 minutes. It really picked up the pace and made the best of both worlds all over again. <laughs> and cliffhangers are often more curious about what happens next. Ooh, I agree, Jan. I can't wait to see what happens next. Top fan Nick Leshy gave it a 7. I love the story. Love the special effects. Ooh, I want to talk about that, too. Love character development. Love the introduction of Scotty. Hate that it ended in a cliffhanger. I have a feeling that we haven't seen the true Gorn yet. Like the alien symbiote are different. I have a feeling that as a species, the Gorn look different. And we'll see a more humanoid version, more similar, but updated to the version we saw in Arena in the original series. Thanks, Nick. Top fan Joey Kerr said nine. It was good, and I know it's only part one, but there's not as much space combat in this show as I was hoping. <laughs> Joey, I love space combat too, man. But the shot of the Cayuga, oh, I can't wait to talk about it. Top fan John McCann, thank you so much for responding 
gave it a nine. Great story after the musical detour last week. They did a nice job casting new Scotty. I subtract a point due to one. Wasn't crazy about SF's appeasement policy. Mm, fair enough. You think if the feds made a deal with the Gorn, that deal would include releasing slash evacuating fed personnel at a minimum. Minor point number two, the cliffhanger ending. We don't know when the show's coming back. With TNG best of both worlds, we knew the show would be back in three months. Now, it's like who knows what's going on. Number three, I know they likely did it for dramatic cliffhanger effect, but Pike's seemingly indecisiveness at the very end, while his ship was getting pummeled, seemed to make him look like a weaker leader. A better ending would have been for him to have been ordered a withdrawal, and once they were safe, made some sort of rousing speech to the crew to the effect of, I need options to rescue our people. We leave no one behind. You know what, John? I can't disagree with you too much, man. Uh, I can't wait to talk about that as well. Tim Chapin said 10 brilliant tension in places. It had the feeling of James Cameron's aliens. Yes, at least two spots specifically, especially, especially the sound of the tricorders. Kind of like the motion sensors the uh, Colonial Marines used. Thanks, Jason. Top fan Luciano Vulcan gave it a 1,000, which we, of course, uh, you know, average down to 10. We have to do what we have to do. Great conclusion for this fantastic season. I'm so sorry. Only for Captain Pike in the finale. He can't assume a decision. I hope he uh, his choice to save the people... So I hope he chooses to save the people, basically, and disobey the Admiral, is what Luciano says. Lots of thumbs up and lots of live-longs and prosper. Thanks, Luciano. Uh, Michael Southworth gave it an 8 with the writer's strike. It'll be 18 to 24 months before we see the conclusion. Yes, Michael, that is a sad, sad truth we should actually talk about. It's kind of the elephant in the room. I hope some of those folks come back. Uh, La'an is one of my faves. Lily Yeager, give it an 8.5, up there with Best of Both Worlds Part 1. I am, however, worried for one of my favorite new characters, Ortega's, being as she does not have plot armor like Mbenga has. Also, I lost it when I saw my favorite Montgomery, which, of course, we're talking about Mr. Scott himself. Thanks, Lily. Jay Garrett gave it a 10. This is Pike's Kobayashi Maru. Lily Bontz gave it a 9. Not 10, only because I can't wait for the next part. I loved it. The most recent season of Strange New Worlds was amazing. Seeing the adult Gorn really made me look at OG Kirk from TOS differently. Like, imagine him fighting that. <laughs> yeah. The old two-handed pummel might not work there, Lily, right? <laughs> so looking forward to next season, I definitely want to see a lot more Gorn. Top fan Tom Davidson gave it a, a nine, only because Scotty's accent was so strong, I had to rewind three to four times just to understand him. And then thinking about the next season and how I'll have to go through that a lot more with Scotty, in addition to already having that trouble with Mbenga, this is a bit frustrating for Todd. Still, I love this season. After that episode, I went back to the season uh, season one, episode four, and rewatched it to get a little more context on the Gorn. Thanks, Todd. 
top fan Bob Van Akoy gave it a nine overall, not pleased with a cliffhanger when the next season will be so far away. They didn't just leave us on the cliff for a few months like the best of both worlds. They left us on it for a year or two. Pretty harsh cliffhanger. Pete French said, always conflicted about cliffhanger endings, but in a good way, loving the numerous alien franchise nods throughout. Great to meet a new and brilliant TOS crew member. We only need Sulu and Chekhov now. Great season finale, 9.975. David McCain said, nine, based on a few convenient plot points, Chapel only survivor being one, Scotty being the only survivor being another. Also, the demarcation line would move when the world spun right, so the colony would be in Federation space again. Top fan Teresa Stallman-West said 9.5. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm so hard to please, and I want to give some room for something even better next season. Top fan Eric Nagamine said 6. Uh, six. Second weakest story of the season. Too much suspension of disbelief type issues. Not the best writing and characterization of people like Pike. Not liking the poor imitation of Simon Pegg Scott. And finally, last but not least, top fan Terry Haugen says uh, they give it a 10. Pike has a lot on his shoulders right now since he knows what his future is. Does he act reckless? and hope the future stays intact, or does he back off and regroup, and history is saved. La'an and Erica, I'm sure, are fan favorites. They are strong women with a lot of demons to sort out. I would be sad to see them go. And guys, this week, uh, we have a combined fan score of 9.2. And uh, I'll say 9.2 is very respectable. Like in the lexicon of this season's episodes, 9.2 ties with the TOS, those old scientist episodes, in terms of our fan love. And uh, only add Astra, Astra per Aspera and uh, Charades, or Charades, uh, uh, Under the Cloak of War, and Subspace Rhapsody beat it. So uh, there's a lot of nine-point-somethings this season, and 9.2 is no slouch. Absolutely not. Hey, you guys ready for some? And you know what that music means. It's once again time to put on your thinking caps and join us for Star Trek Trivia Time with Uncle Jim. All right, guys, we're going to have a little bit of fun here. Uh, David, I know that you're drooping right now because you had one too many donuts, so I only have an easy, easy, peasy question for you, David. What was the name and class of the ship that Captain Maria Battelle was in command of in this episode? Oh, no, I didn't come. I'm going to need to go get my tinfoil hat. Um, <laughs> <laughs> could you repeat the question? Uh-oh. <laughs> yes, I can. You want, should I <laughs> sing it for you? <laughs> there we go. Um, That's what we need. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, no, no. So <laughs> what was the – I'll keep it very very simple. What was the name of Captain Patel's ship oh, that was no. destroyed in this episode? We didn't get yeah. to see it destroyed, um, but all the remnants of it. Uh, I have it in starts my head. With, starts with Kai. Oh, what a hint. It's not Ty Wing. <laughs> Wendy? So it was... Okay, well, let me ask you this, David. Do you know the class of the ship? 
I figured you're the ship guy. You would know all this. That's why. There we go. Yeah, I I thought for sure it was a Constitution class, but now I've been That's right. hearing. It was a Constitution class. Oh, Do you well, remember also, what the it, registry? What was the no, registry could, number on the hall? Ah, uh, that I cannot remember. But I do remember that somebody once told me that it was actually the Sombra class ship, not an actual constitution. There's yeah, a difference I'm between con- the two. I'm confused about so, that, and I would love to have a special show about Sombra versus Constitution because I did some research and I don't get it. Okay. <laughs> well, according <laughs> according to the episode, uh, it was mm-hmm. the USS Cayuga Tucson class starship NCC 15. 15- 57 was the number. Ah, okay. Oh. So I lost that yeah. one. <laughs> I, 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 I try not to ask trick questions. I try to ask easy ones that are right on the screen. Uh, but anyways, that's all right, David. You're, you're medicated, so that's fine. <laughs> I'm dragged up. <laughs> oh, Give me one donut. So, so, <laughs> so Paul, gets the, Paul gets the next one, and this is about – the, the the easiest softball lob I can give you. If, oh, if you dude, can't thanks. This one, then you don't belong on this podcast. Uh, oh boy! Hang wow. up now. No, no pressure. Wait, wait, wait. Thing. Are you saying that Paul can get kicked off the podcast if he doesn't get this question? Please, God, <laughs> yeah, please, please. <laughs> this is my chance to get out. Beverage, your favorite color. Begging you. Which uh, ready room comes with toilet paper hung the right way? Is that what you asked me? <laughs> I hope Even it had two urinals. Hanging over the top, right? I mean, that's the only way, even in the yep. future, that anybody in their right mind would hang the toilet paper. Because beards are cool and mullets are lame. <laughs> oh, there man, no wow. <laughs> All right. Are, 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 you, are you ready, Paul? Are you ready? Well, I don't know, man. This is pretty entertaining. Just listen to Eric. I mean, I don't know if I can... <laughs> You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to dig in deep to the old cranium on this. I'm gonna one. try, man. Right, I'm gonna Paul. try my best. In what episode do the Gorn first appear in Star Trek? Tick tock, tick tock. Wow. Tick-tock, oh, that is that is a softball indeed, Freddy. Well, um, I think the answer would be. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to say it, man, okay, it. because uh, we're, talking, it, you're wrong. We're, we're talking original <laughs> series, okay, which is my favorite season of all, season one, mm-hmm. and uh, we're talking about the planet called Arena. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, right. the uh, episode I, I, called I, Arena, mm-hmm. right? The, uh, I, I, knew, on... I, I knew I had faith. In you, Paul. I knew that you would get it. Thank I, you. I, you know, I've only seen it like 756,000 million times, right? So, I mean, if, if, if I had a nickel for every time I've seen that episode, I'd be living in the Cayman Islands. I mean, you know, it's just... It, like, you know what a good question would be? Can I ask you a question, Jim? Can I ask you one? Well, not, not, What's the name not, of the planet where they encounter okay, the Gorn? Well, we have to... Ooh. I'm going to ask Ooh. you that question a little bit later in the podcast. Oh. Okay. So, okay. Oh, it's like right. playing tennis so tonight. Line, I love it. I love Very it. interactive. This, this, question, <laughs> this question goes out Charles, and this is another one, that if Charles gets it wrong, he's going to have to pack up his stuff and, and find another podcast. Okay? Because <laughs> he no sat pressure. next to the man. Charles, you'll never get to touch Jim's batless again. Okay? <laughs> never. <laughs> And forget That's about, the ultimate price to pay. Forget a urinal. That's definitely. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. I'll go there. <laughs> All right. 
I think we're probably packing up about this time and leaving anyways. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Are you Classic. ready, Charles? This is a tough one. Okay. When we first see a Gorn, it is a man wearing a rubber suit. What is the name? One of the names, because there was two actors, but there's one in particular that I'm looking for. Who wore the rubber Gorn suit? Well, I think it was three actors, I think, who were in that suit. Well, I only care about one. I'm picturing this Hopefully not all at the same time. I'm I'm picturing this autograph sitting on Jim's shelf Mm -hmm. of this Gorn. There we go. With the name Bobby Clark written across it. Yeah. See, see, I... I knew it. See, I had faith that you and Paul were going to come through. I just, I absolutely knew it. <laughs> but David blew it. David blew it, but you guys did it. And guess what? Now Eric gets to go on a hot seat. Okay. Oh, boy. Here we go. All right. Nice so you, Eric. Eric, you can Give forget me about ball. going to Alien. If you blow this one, no Alien oh, God. on for you. All right. All right. All right. Tell me more. All right. The pressure's on. I am ready. It's on. You're ready. Before Strange New World, when was the last time that a Gorn appeared on Star Trek? The last time that a Gorn appeared. Well, okay, so, yeah, so you got your TOS Gorn, but then in the early 2000s, you absolutely have your Enterprise Gorn. So I'm going to say... If memory serves, it's definitely in a mirror darkly, which uh, Noah's in season four, somewhere towards like I'm not gonna yeah, episode like fifteen to twenty somewhere in there. In a mirror darkly for sure. Uh, Star Trek Enterprise is the last time we saw the Gorn, which is why I love the way the Gorn look right now because they are actually more consistent with that episode than the geriatric Gorn that we saw in TOS. Am I correct? I can't remember the exact... Is it episode 18, 19, something like that? Of what season? Season four of Strange New World, or of, uh, of Star Trek Enterprise. Of season four. This is very suspenseful, right? I I think I'm going to argue this question. Mirror Darkly is episode 18. Am I wrong? It's a two-parter, though, because it technically... In a Mirror Darkly, well, I know know In a Mirror Darkly was like a... It was like a... Well, it wasn't exactly a cliffhanger, but it was definitely a... Two-parter. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... Well, I'm, I may controvert, controvert this one in cadets. So, okay. So we have, we have more information coming later is what you're saying. So I'm going to go with yeah. my Star Trek Enterprise uh, answer. And uh, I don't know if that's entirely correct, but perhaps Charles may reveal more information later in the podcast. I think I know where Charles is going with this. I do. I like it. So, I like it. I can't wait I to think, hear. I think you're both winners, guys. I think. Really. <laughs> yeah, so I like you've been promoted. <laughs> <laughs> and if Enterprise he, he, is awesome. By the way, Intermere Darkly, the only episode up until Strange New Worlds mixed it up with the um, with the those old scientists episode. The only episode of Star Trek to ever like change the opening credits and make them custom to the content you are about to see. So uh, thank hmm. you so much, 
uh, Strange New Worlds for continuing that tradition when you dropped the TOS episode, because that was the, the second time that the credits have been modified. Uh, in a mirror darkly that opening credits by the way for in a mirror uh, in a mirror darkly zero uh you know faith of the heart like things going on there it is an awesome opening sequence so (laughs) if you haven't seen it for a while go check it out cool man hey can you guys hear me no yeah yeah i couldn't I, i something weird happened you guys disappeared well, well, it was okay because I was just constantly pontificating for the last like seven minutes. So you're all set, brother. Oh, because I, I, I had to, I had to like, I had to call back into my own podcast. No. <laughs> oh, good thing I was vamping. That was really, really weird. All right. So, anyways, so Paul, here's sure. an easy one for you. Okay, this one's another easy one. Uh, cliffhangers are not something new to Star Trek. What was the first cliffhanger on Star Trek? The hmm. first cliffhanger on Star Trek. Excellent question, Uncle Jim. Hmm. Well, let me consider. Because I don't think there was a... Uh, Throwing my brow for the benefit of our radio audience here. Uh, I don't think there was a cliffhanger in uh, the original series. Um, no, 99 cliff. uh, there, there was. No cliffhangers. There well, was, not a, there was not a, a There well, was a two-parter. Are we talking cliffhanger or a two-parter? I was talking was a like... two-parter. Okay. It, it was different. a two-parter. It, it wasn't a true cliffhanger, and I'm, I'm, no. that's why... There's been a lot of two-parters in Star Trek, but, but are you I'm talking, talking two? Are you first... talking two-parter or cliffhanger though? Cliffhanger. There's cliffhanger. Is the, is All right. The I think I think there. I'm going to argue then. If that's that's our definition here, I'm going to go with Menagerie parts one and two. And <clears throat> and I would say best of both worlds, part one. Uh, because really, I mean, you watch the end of of part one of. Uh, Menagerie Part One. It's pretty Jeopardy. It's just like you know, uh, what's Kirk's last words? Lock him up, right? I mean, he's basically you know, Spock's going to go to freaking jail, potentially get killed. It's a very, uh, it's a very dramatic moment where you're not sure what's going to happen. I mean, I remember watching mm. it for the first time, like when mm-hmm. you know dinosaurs ruled the earth, right? And it's you're not really sure what's going to go on, right? So I, I think I mean, Best of Both Worlds, granted, was the really big one everyone always thinks of because you know, I mean, there's you know, Picard, Locutus, and all that, right? But I, I think as far as, like, two, if we're really talking about two-parters and not just cliffhangers, I think you got to give it to Menagerie because it really was. I think it uh, it broken out. I think uh, uh, it's considered two separate episodes without question. Um, they aired on different dates, uh, November 17th and November 24th. 1966. Yep. So you had a week there where nobody knew if Spock was going to be, you know, dropping the soap in Federation prison or being sent out to airlock or what was going to happen. So, you know, it was, it was definitely a suspenseful kind of downbeat moment for 1966. Did so, he have his own urinal? Mm. They, what was that again? Did he have his own urinal? God, I hope so. Solitary <laughs> confinement. You know, if you don't, I think, it's a low road here, I think you just get a, you just get a bowl, David. You don't get a urinal. Oh, in prison. No. I can tell from experience. Oh, my water. I, 
<laughs> yeah, there's no, there's no urinals are for people who are like you know like white it's collar like business. Yeah. Like you know where where people from Congress go, right? They they are gonna <laughs> they get uh, oh they God. get a urinal, right? They truly truly do. But uh, but just plain folks, you get a bowl, you know, yep. like that's yep. it. And if you're lucky, Classic it flushes. Chamber pot. Yep. Yeah, it may not flush, and then you're really out to lunch, right? So, but you know that was that was really it, though, right? And then uh, absolutely concur, though. Past that. This is the, my I just this is my funnest conversation of the week. I love. Gotta say, I like the new trivia quest uh, segment, Jim. Uh, it's, yeah, it's working. It's very fun and entertaining because we just blast off on all these different things. But yeah, the first you know, uh, next gen two parter was really more of a you know, I mean, classic cliffhanger, which we certainly are going to be talking about tonight. Was, Amazing. Uh, Amazing. That was best of both worlds because that yeah. was crazy because it straddled like the. A season, like six right? Months, yeah. You didn't have to wait a week. You had to. I mean, I remember that was like, like sometime in summer, like June or something like that, right? Yep. And yep. Uh, it was like you get that, and you and you know, Riker says his thing, and then boom, Fire. you don't know what, and you had to wait a whole summer long until they came back in September to find out, you know, if Locutus Picard was dead or what was going to happen. It was really, really brilliant television. I think an interesting point you know, to kind of uh, make on this whole thing. I really thought it was interesting from the fan comments that Eric read tonight, because it's like, folks, remember when they wrote this episode and filmed this episode, it it was was a long time ago. No one had the slightest clue that there was going to be a strike that was going to delay the way this worked. No one had that crystal ball. No one saw that coming, right? It wasn't like they planned it. I'm deducting a point because of the writer's strike. I mean, that's nonsense. Because it's like no one thought this was going to come. They assumed that they would take their seasonal hiatus and come back to Canada a couple of months later and start filming season three, right? No one saw this coming. So it's it's unfair to punish the show or think that they had that uh, in their mind. And, and that's all I got to say on that. So let me pass. Longest answer to a trivia question ever, Jim. Sorry. <laughs> well, and and just, to, just to clarify that, Best of Both Worlds, uh, part one was the 26th episode of the third season. It aired on June 18th, 1990. Mm. And the second part aired on September 24th, 1990. Those no, I've got September 22nd. Three months. Three months. And, yeah. and, and I'm not sure if you guys remember, but it was... I am Locutus of Borg. Resistance is futile. Your life, as it has been, is over. From this time forward, you will service us. From this time uh, I forward, can't service you right now. My mouth is numb. Who could well, this time that? forward, you will use one urinal. <laughs> you watch. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Lacutus, that's not oh, going to work boy. for me. I really, really have to go. Bye. Have a good time. All right. <laughs> oh, well, Charles, um, are you ready for for your for your little I'm, lob of a baseball? We're going to try. <laughs> we're gonna try. Okay. Your lob of a baseball. So, I'm not sure if I had to stretch this five minutes. <laughs> All right. So, on Star Trek: Deep Space Nine, Cassidy H wants to take Benjamin Cisco to see the Pipe City Pioneers play baseball on this planet. Ooh. Where's the only planet in the Federation where they still play baseball? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, well, 
think they t- I think they covered and redid the planet after the Gorn tried to destroy Cestus Reed. Yes. That's right. Did. And she was gonna take her, her warp four starship and it was gonna take weeks. So And who would I Cestus and that's why I couldn't yeah. answer Paul's question when he asked me <laughs> at the beginning because I didn't want to give out the answer before Charles had a chance. Oh. His awesomeness, his wisdom, and uh, that, that's what was going on. And Eric, Eric, you get the last trivia question. Oh, sweet. Um, and ready, this, one isn't, this one isn't right out of the episode, but it's related to it. And uh, so, here we go. Are you ready? Uh, what yeah. What alien race interfered with the Gorn Federation conflict, sending the captains of each ship to engage in mortal one-on-one combat? Oh, <laughs> that's one of those, like, small lobs, man. It was like, yeah, no, it's the episode arena, so it's the Metrons who are the ones who would, like, bring those guys together for sure. Yeah, that's right. The Metron. Yeah. The whole purpose of the trivia is, is is just to have some fun. So fun. And, yeah. And and you know <laughs> talk about it's awesome, Jim. So we love it. That we love it. it. We try to keep it. It's hilarious. It. It's very fun. So you guys, Man, all can you imagine urinals? Except for David, he gets a bowl. <laughs> Everyone else gets their own. Talking about Oh man, <laughs> now I'm so hungry. Speaking <laughs> uh, of bowls. <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, friends, if you're listening, uh, Trek Talking is having a special sculpture contest this fall. Uh, we're looking for listeners to design, send us your designs for what you think a Klingon urinal would look like. And the, yeah. uh, the best design will win a special prize. You have to sculpt right. it in mashed potatoes, though. Or gawk. That's right. <laughs> I'm so hungry. All right. Well, guys, um, so that wraps up uh, our Star Trek wow. trivia segment. And now it's time for Charles. Take okay. it away, Charles. With Jim and his trivia on the Gorn, uh, my first cadet cadet review is the Gorn. So as everybody keeps mentioning, TOS Arena, Season 1, Episode 18. Then we got to see the Gorn again in the time trap in the animated series, Season 1, Episode 12. Mm -hmm. In Enterprise... Episode Bound, Season 4, Episode 17, we learn about the Gorn hegemony, and the caste system of the Gorn. A couple episodes later, In the Mirror Darkly, Part 2, Season 4, Episode 19, is when we last see Gorn in, the, that, in that part of Star Trek. Mirror Universe. Now, but we assume they're the same. In Discovery, we get to see a Gorn skeleton three times because of the captain. In Lower Decks, Veratus, 
season one, episode eight, we get to see a Gorn wedding before Strange New World does. And then season uh, Strange New World, season one, episode four, Mementos, Morai, we get to see the ships. And then in Strange New World, season one, episode nine, all those who wander, and we actually get to see the Gorn up close. Montgomery Scott, we get to see him. I'm just going to say, go look at the TOS series and the movies. And then go to TNG and watch Relics. Mm-hmm. Season six, episode four. That's so cool. No idea what happened to Montgomery Scott. Well, and that's where we get the whole idea of the transporter buffer, right? Yeah, exactly. And then, as this was mentioned over and over, one of the well-known two-parters, TNG's Best of Both Worlds, part one and two. And the battle at War 359. So with um, that... Thank you so much, Charles, for putting together that awesome list. Um, I wanted to add a a little thing here because I felt it was warranted for two reasons. One, because of a special birthday that we're going to talk about. And two, because the character, this beloved character, made his first appearance in Strange New World. I put out a post on our Facebook page, and I asked the fans, what do you think of Martin Quinn III's Scottish actor who plays Montgomery Scott on Strange New World, our new miracle worker? And, Eric, what did our Facebook fans think about his portrayal of Scotty? Oh, my gosh. Uh, So far, so good. Top fan Carla Valdiva Trimmer said he was an excellent choice. Loved him as Scotty. Top fan Tim Schmidt said, so far, so good. I haven't seen enough to decide yet. It's funny because a lot of the characters I remember more for their portrayal in the movies and watching TOS, they felt a bit different. He seems more like the TOS Scotty, which tracks. Top fan Steve McEwen said, spot on. I thought he did a much better job of a younger James Doohan style of Scotty than Simon Pegg did. Uh, Though, as I stand alone, Scotty uh, was excellent. I hope that we see him again in season three. Top fan Andre Mueller said he was great. I immediately recognized that he was supposed to be Scotty even before he said a thing. Rob Whitaker said, an excellent choice. It's great to have a Scotsman playing the character at last. He's from Paisley, which is a town in the greater Glasgow area. Oh, my God. Finally, local representation. Thanks, Rob Whitaker, for pointing that out. Guri Holos says he is pretty good, but Scotty had brown eyes. Okay. Oh, boy. Michi Peranio said I like him, but he seems a wee bit shorter than Scotty. And top fan Michelle Sparrow said I love him. Great portrayal with a little peace sign coming up. So uh, I think generally speaking, seems like the fans like him. And uh, the fact that a Scotsman is actually playing yeah. a Scottish character for the first time, I think that's amazing. All right, guys. Yes, well, I we've was... gone through our trivia. We've gone through our cadet training. We've heard what the fans think, and we've heard what the fans think about Scotty. 
You ready to think what, hear what I think and my experts think about the episode, Scotty? Let's dive right in. And why don't we let, let's, let's let David start since he's, he's a little bit droopy right now. <laughs> Kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so this episode was really fun to see all the going. Small going, big going, going in between. <laughs> so <laughs> I I I I really like the uh I think my favorite going in this episode was the one in the spacesuit, uh where Spock yeah. had to uh attack and defend basically. Um Their tails yeah. are badass, dude. Their I tails know. like is like look out <laughs> They're like scorpions almost. <laughs> totally. But yeah, um I like how there's uh, the different types of Gorn, and like we had talked about in the podcast before, way in the back past, uh, we talked about how the Gorn, why they all look different. I thought that was a really good explanation between Kirk's Gorn and today's Gorn, and I I really like how they portrayed, uh, portrayed the... Uh, um, the different, uh, the, uh, what's the word? Animated. It's not technically animated in like well, cartoon it's, it's style, computer, but no, it it's was computer animated, and it's like so CGI is the term you're looking for, and like the the CGI that they use for the Gorn. Well, that's what it's you're also puppeteering. Right? They use yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. puppeteering for the oh, like yeah. baby Gorn and whatnot. Yeah. So I I liked how like if everybody had watched the Ready Room with Will Wheaton when he went like back to the uh would I do all the makeup stuff for the uh all the going he was viewing how they did all the mechanical like arms and hands and whatnot and it was just really cool to see all the the different prop, props they used for the uh how they put the going together and it was it was really nice, and that big Gorn, man, that thing's huge. I don't know if so you guys cool. know how big that guy was, but that so was actually big. a guy in a suit. <laughs> it was like eight feet tall, man. That thing was well, big, yeah, and it had I mean, a super long tail. It's just that he wasn't like that tall. Of course, his head was actually in the Gorn's neck, and mm-hmm. he was actually on stilts, but it was still, the the suit itself was really big. And, um, yeah, it was just really cool the way they did all that. But, um, to me, this episode, I really am hoping, I'm hoping that they don't cancel Strange New World. I mean, does anybody know that they're actually going to be a season three? Yeah. They, oh, they'd be bananas to cancel this show, man. There's no, no chance in hell. To answer your question, David. They were set to begin on on season three when the strike hit. So they would have already been producing season three, and then they had the strike. So there definitely will be a season three. So that that's pretty cool. And to answer your question, I posted an article on our Facebook page. They talked to one of the producers of the show, and guess what? We have yet to see the cast of Gorn that Kirk faced other versions of the Gorn that we haven't seen yet. So there you have it. Wait, no, no, Jim, gonna... wait, Jim. So what you're saying is that the Gorn podcast episode that we broadcast how long ago? Many months ago. 
was actually pretty accurate. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Can you believe that? They must have listened that? to the podcast and, and taken our <laughs> ideas because um, there so are So go to our website, Talking. Go to trektalking.com and search for Gorn, man, because our episode on the Gorn is freaking brilliant, <laughs> if I do say yep, so myself. Yep. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. And I'm pretty sure that uh, most of it's going to come true. Yeah, I can't yeah. wait to so see the rubber shoot Gorn. We will see the Gorn, the Gorn pilot, uh, a, a, a new version, not, not a rubber suit version, but we will see more Gorn different Gorn, according to the producer. So there you have it. What would you give this show on a score of 1 to 10, David? Well, before I score it, I do want to mention that if the uh, producers are listening or anybody who does rubber duckies, I want a Gorn rubber ducky. Yes. (laughs) Dude, there are so many good rubber duckies out there. Like, I've got a wharf rubber ducky that sits on my uh, desk at work. Please give me a Gorn one. That would be amazing. Oh, I'm no, no. I am waiting to see a Gorn puppet or Gorn baby doing an internet style showing up oh, at a convention. Oh yes, there you go. <laughs> I'm waiting for one of those well, at a convention somewhere. I, I have an autographed Gorn bobblehead, which Ooh. is cool. Signed by the Gorn. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, by the Gorn hegemony. <laughs> yep. Only one member of the Gorn hegemony. Okay. Right. <laughs> and he had a urinal. Okay. Oh, and he God. had a urinal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's see. The score for this episode, um, I'm pretty much right up there with the fans. Um, I'm... I'm not technically going to give this a 10 like I have before with all the other ones. I did kind of got a little bit of a, eh, like, you know, I hate cliffhangers. That's one of the reasons why I'm bringing the score down. But uh, I am going to go with a 9 point, sorry, Paul, 9 point, uh, 7. 9 point 7. That's still respectable, David. That's still, that's still pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. So how about you, Charles? What do you think? Okay. One of the things in our script was I was watching one of my one of the YouTube channels I love watching occasionally. What did I miss? I was trying to come up with any ideas, any more extra help to coming up with my cadet review. And he mentions a Scottish actor doing Scotty. I saw I saw the name and the script. It's like, wait a minute, I want to go look this guy up a bit on IMDb to find out that yeah, he is from Scotland, and he's the third. So I thought very interesting. It's like, oh man, to finally getting a Scottish Scotsman playing Scotty first time in the series to finally getting that. I watch. Is Dave was saying Ready Room, and immediately thought, man, I can't wait to see a Gorn, a new Gorn, showing up at a convention. My guess is it won't be long. We'll see a Gorn of some kind showing up by one of the fans. Oh, we talk about the different Gorn. Okay, the one in the, sh- one in the suit. 
who was trying to get access to the ship computer. We had Gorn fighter pilots. Okay, these guys aren't just sitting there trying to kill each other. They're they've got some pretty good stra- pretty good intelligence themselves to be fighting the doing these fighters. Yeah, they have a like I a whole don't... they that this is like the first episode that we've seen where the fact that Gorn actually have a society is represented, yeah. right? You ha- you see Gorn from many different uh, uh, jobs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. they say the hemis- yeah. as they said the hegemony. Yeah. The Gorn. Ca- the right. yeah, and they the put Gorn. that device so, down on the planet that interferes with all the sensors and transporters and communication. Yeah. Really complicated, you know, interference device. I mean, that represents a lot of technical engineering. So, I mean, they're they're a society like with like in a beehive where you've got numerous different yeah. functions of the different levels of. Uh, the I guess we would agree on casts, right? I think that's what yeah, we're yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's important to note that, like the the title of this episode, Hegemony, is based on the obviously like the way that the Gorn like to take over things. So that it there's the conquering that the Gorn do, but then hegemony means that you actually take over a culture by like cultural dominance right you go in there and you like you're like no this is the way we actually worship or this is the way we actually believe in things and that's how the gorn like through hegemony are supposed to take over uh cultures so they i'm plant eggs in you and then they just breed from that's there. what i i want to talk about that yeah so continue yeah. but Definitely, I'll throw this right off the bat. It's like Scotty characteristic. Okay, we learned Montgomery Scott. I key, I didn't realize it till I watched the other scene that when you see the device coming in, I thought that shuttle-like system was the device. Not realizing, oh no, that was Scotty's shuttle crashing, and the device came in crashing behind him. But to see him in there. That character just, okay, he was hard to understand. Well, many Scotsmans are a little difficult to understand because of the accent. uh, Paul, or Dave, yeah, Eric would agree with me on a couple of Scotsmen in the uh, Doctor Who series Mm -hmm. who definitely have a bit of an accent to their character. Oh, yeah, number number 12 for sure. Number 12? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think. But I I love I love when he walks the ship and Pella looks at oh it's you what are you doing here? It's like wait a minute you two know each other oh yeah he's one of my students he would have been doing great grades if he hadn't. Been, I guess, messing around or whatever. Well, it was that was the best. If she was like, he was yeah. one of my best students, but he got the worst grades, and would, grades. that's all the information we got. Which uh-huh. I don't know what that means. I don't know if it means he was like jacking around, or if it means he just like what? was thinking outside the box too much, or what. But he comes in with this pile of stuff, and it's like, okay, I cannot wait to see what those two do. Because mm-hmm. I have a feeling those two brains together 
boom. Be part of what's gonna part of what's gonna be helping part two. Yep. And you know what's cool about that? You know what's really cool about that? He's from Scotland what? and she's from Vermont. So there you have it. <laughs> Is she really from Vermont? Uh, I didn't no, know I think that. She spent time in Vermont. <laughs> well, she was she was living in Burlington. <laughs> okay, okay, that's solid. Yeah. I think she's from another planet, though, Jim. Well, I love. Well, I, well thousands of years been, ago, maybe. Well, and there have been like recent uh, articles about her where where Carol Kane has talked about the accent that she developed for that character, and she tried to develop an accent that nobody has heard before. So <laughs> I love that because that's like yeah. thinking outside the box. Like I have not heard her talk like a crazy woman. <laughs> Before. But she was a lot more serious today. I think this episode, she was a lot more serious in the episode. But a side note, I wrote this in a note at the convention, or just before the convention. I know a new spot I'd like to see Pelia show up. I'd love for her to pop in and suddenly show up at Lower Decks. Mm-hmm. And then look, it's like, wait a minute, you two are here? Wait a minute, weren't you back? And get her showing up, it's like, yeah, she's still around. (laughs) But, oh, there's so much in this episode, and i got to leave plenty for everybody else to talk about. Uh, I'm going to fit in right with David and match his score and do a 9.7. A little bit of room for improvement. Cool. Well, um, I, I I guess I'll jump in here. I'll, I'll, I'll save the best for last. We'll let we'll let Paul and Eric duke it out to see who gets the caboose. Um, I think one of the funniest lines for me is when they're on the bridge of the Enterprise and Uhura says, "Oh, it's an old zombie trick. You dress up as a zombie so the <laughs> other zombies don't attack you." <laughs> And Spock doesn't get the reference, and, and Una says, it's from a movie. Have you ever seen one? And Spock says, a zombie or a movie? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then Una says, no, a movie. And he says, I'll, I'll add it to my research. Well, I was, just, I was laughing so hard because that's like so Spock. It's just, I loved it. I loved well, it. And I loved it. I loved it. One of the questions I had was, was that maybe a reference to and I can't think of the actor's name, Michael Burnham's that actress's role in Dead. another Sinequa Martin Green, right? Sinequa Martin yeah, Green. Well, and did she do that? I think I saw a thing. Did she do something like that in an episode? Yeah, she got turned into a zombie um, at the at the last episode of The Walking Dead before she came to Star Trek. That's how they got her on the show. Woot, so, woot, um, woot. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so technically Spock has seen a zombie. But yeah. So you know, I I just I love the line because I love the deadpan way that Ethan Peck delivered it. Like it was just so funny and perfect. I loved it. Um but I do have to agree with, with, with what one of our fans said. Uh when the camera zooms in on Pike and he's so indecisive at the end and he mm. and he doesn't mm-hmm. say anything, he's just kind of, I'm like Dude, 
dude, come on, say fire. Say, killing me. You know, killing me. Just come on. <laughs> and by by saying nothing, I was like, you know, come on, that wouldn't be Pike. This wouldn't even be a decision for Pike. He's going after his people. Plain and simple. I don't care what Admiral April, with the fine baritone that he is, I don't care what he says. <laughs> Pike is going to go and save his people. Anything less would be disastrous. So, yeah, he's going to go save them. And I just felt that the way it ended, it was like, you know, left him looking like weak, like one of our fans said. Because in my mind, I have no doubt that he's going to go after them. So that, you know, um, but I loved, I loved the episode. It did, it did feel very alien, alienish, alienish y whatever to me, especially the scene where the, the Gorn hatchling comes in and is going after Captain Patel and looks at her face to face and runs away. I was thinking Alien 3 right off the bat. Super and, Ripley. Um, you know, I was like, yep, there's the Ripley. She's infected. We know this already. And, now they just um, need a con. You know, that, was, you know <laughs> that was cool. I, 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 and Scotty building the Gorn cage to capture the Gorn, and it turned out to be the Enterprise crew. Um, Ortega's flying the shuttlecraft. She finally oh, got thrown yeah, away. That, that was mine. That was mine. I was talking about that. Like, I've been asking for months, and now you bring me? Ortega's <laughs> oh, at the helm. Yeah. I just, I just think that the, the, the writers had everything going in this episode. They were firing on all cylinders. There were a couple of things, uh, like, like um, not that detracted from the episode at all, but um, like one of our listeners said, you know, Chapel being the only single survivor and Spock happens to find her. Okay, whatever. Um, cool. Uh, the fact that this planet was, was set up after 20th century Earth, I'm like, what are they, the Amish of the future? You know, that was a little <laughs> bit weird. Um, but overall, the episode was on the edge of your seat. I loved it. There was a lot of great character moments. Seeing the remnant of the Cayuga was was like when they flew into Wolf Three Five Nine in Best of Both Worlds. You were wondering what happened to Captain Patel. So yeah, I, I loved it, and and you know, I'm I'm gonna go a little bit higher than 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 our co-host did. I'm gonna go with a nine point eight, just just to get under Paul's skin there. I gotta I gotta stick with the decimals. In fact, I'll go at nine point eight three. Wow! <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't want to become like uh, nine point seven buddies with me and Charles. You guys are like uh, the yeah. uh, the freaking Dewey Decimal System here, man. I mean, the matrix you use to grade things must just be so uh, uh, elaborate. I can only imagine to be able to to <laughs> think on such a, a baroque scale. I can't Very, fathom it. I can't uh, fathom yeah. it. Well, well it's called well, getting on to the point. You wanna you wanna jump in next, Paul, and 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 give us sure, man, sure, <laughs> sure. Um, they, I think uh, you know, with a, beyond a couple of you know, kind of tiny little hiccups, these guys deserve some serious props for a great second season. Um, I keep you know, there's a ton of shows out there that have an amazing first season and then they kind of like choke, you know, and fall into like what they call a sophomore slump, right? And the second season's just not as good. I think with uh, Stranger Worlds, just the opposite has been true. I think they've really kind of been willing to uh, really, you know, up the ante and make tighter stories and, 
for the most part, really taken some risks and, and delivered a really, I think, maybe superior season two uh, in most cases. Um, mm-hmm. And so they get they need to get some real props for uh, really bending over backwards to engage the audience in, in you know, a lot of diverse ways uh, this year. So I've really enjoyed this season. I thought, you know, like we said, nobody knew the strikes were happening, right? You can't really penalize them for that. They thought they'd just have a couple months downtime to chew on it. There you go. So I'm not really uh, that down on the cliffhanger aspect. Um, what I think the show has gotten really good at, in particularly these last two or three episodes, is the setup, right? And this episode's a great example, how in those first like five minutes or so, they do a really great job of establishing what's the situation, what's the jeopardy, what are the stakes at play, and and sending you into the, the main titles with a oh shit moment, right? Where you're like really like, uh-oh, wow. I mean, they're really, really great. If I remember from, uh, I just watched it again last night. I'd, hopefully I'd have this down a little tighter, but... I think right before the moment before you go to the main titles is where everybody on the bridge sees the Cayuga saucer section just, you know, blown to bits a la the doomsday machine. Right. I mean, just just nuked. And that is a heavy moment because everybody knows what that means. Right. Odds. I mean, they're thinking, oh, my God, the people we love are dead. And great setting of the stage in like five minutes. So I've gotten really, really good at that. Um, so I, I think that uh, I was super excited to see where we go. I'm really thrilled to see a different level of Gorn here, right? In the, the spacesuits, that was really cool. Nice reveal. So it's not just an aliens retread. We are kind of reconnecting the the tissue back to uh, what we originally saw uh, the Gorn like. And we will, like Jim said, we'll probably see even more versions of that, which is, I think, even cooler. So I like that. Um, I had absolutely nothing but love for the new... Uh, casting of this version of uh, Montgomery Scott. I thought this guy was tremendous. Um, really uh, nice to have a, a native uh, Glaswegian or from the neighborhood there nearby uh, portraying a Scotsman. I thought that was particularly nice. And he was just marvelous. I thought he brought his own take to the character and was really relatable and fun and energetic. And you believed him as a younger, you know, kind of full of ideas version of Scotty. Uh, so great casting. I thought the guy was just terrific, really, really engaging uh, more. I hope we get to see more of him because he did a wonderful job. Um, it was like, as I think is, you know, preaching to the choir here, but I think it was initially for me a little bit of a stretch to have Chapel be the one survivor, right? Of <laughs> the softer section. But, you know, um, it's interesting for a lot of these things. Um, didn't bother me as much on a second viewing. Right. I'm like a year like, OK, they've kind of do say earlier, they seem to be detecting pockets of oxygen over there on the Cayuga. So, uh, you know, I didn't catch that the first viewing, but I'm like, all right, well, you've kind of explained how it could be possible. And, you know, as improbable as it might be, I just thought that all the sequence over there on the on the ruined ship with Chapel and the Gorn in the suit and uh and Spock coming over. I thought it was just so well executed that I was totally didn't care. I was really w- willing to suspend my disbelief and, and just go with it. Cause I thought it was really satisfying and fun and cool. And uh, I just thought that was really well directed, right? That was a great action sequence and super exciting. I mean, very visceral to have Spock coming over there and it's, and 
he's coming over there because he's still got feelings for Christine, you know, and they get to have that little moment on the transporter pad when they come back where he just, it's, it's just a little moment when he just gets to say, I'm sorry before, you know, she gets whisked off the sick bay, right? He just, he's got to get that out. He's, he's got to make a connection. He feels bad for the way they, 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 you know, broke apart. Love that. And I love what they, it's super different from what we're used to thinking of in terms of like fealty to canon from the original series. Right. But I love what they're doing with their relationship here. And I think it's really interesting. And I love seeing the actors build something fresh and interesting. So I, th- I think that that was really a cool moment. I found it suspenseful and really compelling. Um, and again, like uh, on a second viewing, I, it, initially when I first watched it, I was like, wow, Pike is so indecisive. Oh my God, why is he hesitating so long? And it didn't seem that long to me on the second viewing. So give it another shot if you've only watched it one time. I think he's just really stuck in a rough situation. He knows what he's got to do. And I think what he's doing is he's thinking, right? He's not hesitating. He's when we come back to him, whenever that is a year from now, right. With that, you know, part two, I think the first words out of his mouth are going to be a well thought out and clever, unexpected solution. And I think what he's doing there is he's not so much hesitating. He's thinking it through and he's not rushing to do something hasty. I mean, that was my take on watching uh, his performance a little closer on the second viewing. I think he's just trying to, you know, uh, work it out. So uh, for me, a generally really uh, well done episode, really deft. I'm really enjoyed it. Um, uh, yeah, I, I, I just think it was extremely well put together. I'm ready for more. Um, I hope they continue to take risks with the show um, the way that they did in the second season here because they paid off uh, delightfully. And, uh, you know, I think the one thing, you know, not really related to this episode, um, give me, let me give me my grade before I forget. I would give this a solid nine. Um, you know, I just think it was, to me, not as transcendent as Subspace Rhapsody was or a couple of the other episodes, but but really certainly uh, – a delight and well executed and a great note to lead the season on. So for me, a really rock solid nine, um, which is super high. Um, that's a, that's a great rating. Um, it's really weird to me though, Jim, given, uh, last season that they ended an episode with this reveal, you know, Whoa, here he is standing there with his back to the camera that in the whole of second season plotting, we never yes. went back and revisited Cyborg. Not once. Which it sure seemed uh, like we were being set up to do with that cap- other captain, Captain, what was their name, Starling, their name, Captain Captain Shiny. I can't remember what their name was. Yeah, but you know who I'm talking about. Uh, what was it? Yes. I got a lot of static there, man. Sorry, I didn't catch it. But uh, I can't remember. Yeah, but uh, Swan or something, I don't know, whatever their name was. But uh, they never appeared again, right? And that was a big splashy appearance last year, right? And that was the whole lead-up that was supposed to be uh, this continuation where we were going to set up to think that, wow, we're going to be yeah. getting some Cybok and some retconning and some cool stuff. Yes. Bring it on. Yes. Never Are you did. talking about Which Captain was... Angel? Thank you, David. Yes. Captain Angel. Yeah, I could not remember to save my life. They were Captain Angel. And uh, but I really thought we were going to get it, and I was super intrigued by that. I thought uh, this is, could be really something interesting, but we didn't get it, um, you know. And uh, and God bless Jim, right? He's been really super great at getting po- folks to revisit five. You know, we we joke about five a lot, and folks are quick to dismiss it. But it's really interesting to think about different ways that you could use 
uh, storytelling sensibility to revisit that character. So I think we were all kind of intrigued to see that. And it's really weird. Will we get that in season three? I like to think that we will, but it was just an odd. To, it felt like they kind of dropped something, you know, that, that, well, was, I thought uh, that when, they didn't go to. When Topring showed up again, I thought we were going to see Cybok or hear about Cybok because Cybok was on the planet that Topring worked on with Stan. So I thought yes. this was the thread. Yeah. This is the thread they're going to use, but it didn't go there. Um, yeah, that made sense to me too. I, I thought that seemed like it would be a really, you know, good fresh in using a character we know to kind of, you know, tell things a new way. And I thought that that's what they do really well. So very surprising they didn't do that. But still, I mean, I, you know, you can. I'm sure that the sense I get from. Uh, Watching these ten up, it's ten, right? Ten episodes mm-hmm. this year. Yes. I think yeah. that, you know that's a a thriving, vibrant, creative writers' room, right? And I, I'm guessing that they must just get so into it in the planning and the ideas, and whatnot. It's just like I, they must have so many. How can they possibly squeeze them all in into uh, that short a number of episodes? But um, I would always rather have a little smaller number of total episodes of high quality than say have twenty. And have a third of them suck or be mediocre, right? I, I think we get that a lot in the old school, you know. Uh, so like you go back and watch even like next gen episodes, right? Next gen series, you know, you have twenty, twenty two episodes, and a handful of 26. them. Six, yeah, six, seven, yeah, or eight, Charles. Right? They're, they're boring. They're not good. They're not classics, right? They're certainly not ones that you want to go watching all the time. You're like, oh, all right, that was just filler or a bottle show or whatever. They're not ones you even really. You hear the title of, and you're like, "What was that again?" I don't even remember that one. It's like you watch it once and you're done. It doesn't really contribute anything. Whereas here you got ten, and they really are working hard to make sure that all those ten have value. And so I think a, a smaller number like that, I, I'm content with. If we continue to get this level of quality and, and uh, risk taking, I say continue on. So for me, I'm giving it a nine, and I am uh, ready for well, more. What's Eric say? I want to. Know. Well, before we go to Eric, I want to address uh, one of the comments you just made. Um, I posted an article. I've been posting articles like crazy on our Facebook page. Um, one of the articles oh, keep up. I found <laughs> is the, the producers want to do more than 10 episodes, and the producers would like to do 20 episodes like Prodigy was doing. Um, but CBS for Paramount Plus is kind of stuck on that 10 thing. But you recall Star Trek Discovery started out with 15 episodes. And mm-hmm. they were they were 12, 13, 12, 13, 15 and then the final season is going to be 10. So huh. in light of them ditching Prodigy, in light of them ending Discovery, in light of Picard ending we were told that we would have Star Trek year-round. Every Thursday, there'd be a new Star Trek. We almost got that. Now we'll never get that. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, hoping, hoping that with cutting out all these shows, maybe they will up the count of the next season of Strange New Worlds. Maybe they'll jump it up from 10 to 15 or 13. Yeah, and, I'm good with that. So long as the quality's episodes, there. Mm-hmm. You know, of the existing show if they're not going to give us a new show. And that's what the producers of Strange New Worlds would like to see. Whether or not so, it happens, we don't know. But 
So is Section 31 and Starfleet Academy not in the works anymore, or is it because of the writer's oh, yeah. strike? Or? No. no, nope, they're in the works. Well, actually, nothing's in the works because of a strike, but, yeah, those are going to happen. Okay. And it'll be interesting. It'll, we know Section 31 will just be a, a one-done movie. It'll be interesting to see how many episodes they give to strength to Starfleet Academy. If they go with 15 on Strange New Worlds for Season 3 and 15 for Starfleet Academy on Season 3, well, there's 30 episodes, basically, which is the equivalent of three 10-episode seasons of different shows. So I don't know. Listen, dudes, I got my eye on the clock. I really want to make sure we don't uh, short-shift Eric. So uh, fascinating stuff, but let's get Eric in here. I'm dying to hear what he thinks. It's killing me. Well, you got the caboose, Eric. Uh, the caboose is a great place to be. I will just 100% agree with Paul to begin with on the whole Cybot connection. Um, I was I was hoping that they were going to like give us a little teaser or something, because obviously throughout the entire season they have not addressed the Cybot thing that they did in season one, and I was hoping that maybe we might get a little bit of advancement of that story, but they have not. And given that the podcast is so heavily, well, you know, honestly, like run by Jim here and, <laughs> you know, he loves Star Trek five. It would have been nice to get a little bit of more Cybok, but um, outside of Cybok, I'll just say that the Gorn in this last episode were amazing. Like, I, so I'm a fan of the Miragorn. I like those ones from Star Trek Enterprise. I like the way they look. I don't mind the CGI. Some people were, you know, against the the CGI back in the day because they didn't feel like the quality was high enough. But these Gorn look really, really good. And they look really, really scary. And when I watched this episode, I watched it with my wife, who, of course is not like a huge Star Trek fan, but likes good television. And when we started watching this episode, we got a little bit worried because we're like, oh, it's a Gorn episode. It's going to be scary. It's going to be horror-based. You know, there's going to be jump scares and stuff. And I'll just say that, like, I felt like this episode was actually pretty well balanced. Like, it had the... It had the creepiness of the Gorn without overdoing it or causing people who don't care for horror or, you know, monster stuff to, like, go too far off the deep end. So definitely some Aliens moments, you know, anybody who's familiar with the genre, like, there's there are at least two direct translations from that movie that happen in this episode. So I didn't mind that because I felt like that was a little nod to the people who might be watching the episode. Um, let me see. Killing the baby Gorn, we're talking about Sam and Sam's like whole take on the baby Gorn. I thought his character development here was really cool because we already know when we're going to lose Sam, unfortunately, <laughs> right? We already know when he dies. It was funny because I was watching this episode with my wife and I was like, uh, she asked me, she's like, so we know that Sam lives right now, right? Because it felt like Maybe he was going to die. No, he lives through this episode. He dies later in TOS. I like that kind of connection. Um, 
I love the crazy theory thing between Palia and uh, Uhura. Like to me, that just I, I I love their kind of energy with one another. I thought that was really fun. Um, Pike's line, like to me, Pike has two classic lines. He has the the line that he says in the cage where he says something like, um, you know. Um, there's a way out of any cage and I'll find it. That to me, like is quintessential Pike. Like I can, whatever happens, I'm going to find a way out of it. To me, this episode solidified a second Pike quote, which is sometimes hope is a choice. And I, to me, that feels like a sentiment that um, is something that anybody could live by. Like you can choose to see the world uh, in a challenging way or in an askew way or that kind of stuff, but you could also choose to see the world as a as a as a as a possibility for hope, as a way to like move forward. You so so Pike in this show is being developed as a character who operates completely on hope who operates completely on saving his crew, um, right? He's always, like, going to go back and try and get you if you're left behind. So I really, really like that part of this episode. Uh, what else? The adult Gorns look totally badass. Um, and I'll just say that in terms of the cliffhanger, it did not bother me. I I'm okay with a one to two year cliffhanger and I completely agree with Paul and what he was saying like we didn't know the cliffhanger was going to be a year plus at the time this episode was actually produced but here we are and I think it's okay like it's a it's a good cliffhanger it's strong it um, it like represents what the character is all about in Pike um, so I really liked it. So uh, for me, this episode was an 8.5. I like to me, the musical episode and the TOS episode were tens. This is right up there, but 8.5 feels about right. All right. Huh. So Charles, what is our final tally and how do we pile up with the fans? Remembering to unmute. Oh, there we go. So we had a 9.3. Nice. And I was trying to. Wow. With the fans, 9.2. So we are just a tenth above our. Our fans. More like with the fans. <laughs> so can I add something Excellent. really quick? Because I kind of wanted to comment on what Eric mentioned about the uh, the animation of the coin. Um, Absolutely. So does anybody remember Lord of the Rings? And oh, the yeah. green suit? I've never seen it. Never heard okay. of it. I have no idea. <laughs> the the green suit guy who apparently played Gollum? I yep. mean that was Andy also Serkis. animated. Yeah, Andy there you go. That was also animated in a very good way back in the day. And in a way, I was just thinking, how come they never did that 
for Enterprise with the Gorn. And that was, Enterprise came after Lord of the Rings. So I was just wondering, like, if they were going to be animated, why not just do something like that? So instead well, that of a, a golem. Expensive. Yeah, instead of a golem, well, though, they could have had, like, a golem. Well, <laughs> I, I'm not sure how that episode of Enterprise was actually animated. I mean, I okay. haven't looked that up, have you? No, I was just curious myself because, you know, Lord of the yeah. Rings came first, and I was like, they had the technology. I just didn't understand why they didn't do it. But I mean, it uh, could be a budget thing, right? Yeah, we talked it could about, like, yeah. like, Star Trek Discovery is, what is it, like 12 million bucks per episode or some ridiculous <laughs> amount. I think Enterprise uh, is on a real, real, real low budget, right? Yeah, I, yeah. Think okay. that they, I think that they, and they're like, okay. We got to do a Gorn. How many seconds of film time does it get? Okay, yep. it looks like nine seconds or something like that, right? It's pretty short, right? I I doubt if it's a minute, right? So you know they farm that out to the freaking <laughs> low yeah. ball. It's always you bid, right? And who's the low ball bid? Oh yeah, it looks okay. Go, go that. And time is so unkind to CGI. It's like huh. you know, in twenty years we'll be looking at this Gorn and you know like oh how how embarrassing. Just see that Bob? You know, it's just it's you know. It's crazy how, how how fast it all evolves now. It's just it's just nuts, you know. It's cool yeah. for the time. But it's just you know, as, as things evolve, those things always end up looking a little, you know, uh, a little dated, right? But uh, it's still it's just fun to fun to see them. Uh, you know, it's, I, I'll go back and revisit that two parter now because Eric mentioned it, right? Because I've totally not remembered seeing it, but uh, but fans. So we're right in there with the fans, right? Nine point two, nine point three. Yeah, yeah. Seems like that yeah. happened a lot. Recent episodes, where we kind of have a good consensus, you know. We cool. Well, guys, before we run out of time, let's dive into our birthday. That was not a Klingon song. All right, guys, this is the part of the show where we do our Star Trek birthdays, and we always start off by remembering those members of our Star Trek family who, sadly enough, are no longer with us. And for that, we turn to Eric. Yes, this week, uh, Jim, we remember Reg E. Cathay, who played the Klingon commander Morag in the Star Trek The Next Generation six-season episode, Aquiel. Happy birthday, Reg E. Cathay. Happy birthday as well to William Marshall, American actor, director, producer, and opera singer who appeared as Dr. Richard Daystrom on the TOS second season episode, The Ultimate Computer. Lots to say about him. We are running low on time, so happy birthday, William Marshall. Happy birthday as well to Eddie Paskey, remembered mainly for his role as Lieutenant Leslie, a recurring character throughout TOS. That's right, he appeared in 57 episodes. Lots and lots of Leslie out there. Happy birthday, And he wore a red shirt, too. He He did. He died, and he died a couple times. Happy birthday as well to Clarence Williams III, Tony Award-winning yeah. nominated actor who played Omedaclon in the DS9 four-season episode, To the Death. This man uh, deserves a lot of uh, research, guys. Look up Clarence Williams III and just take it in. Happy birthday as well to Oliver McGowan, character actor famous for his many television appearances, playing the caretaker in the TOS 
first season episode Shore Leave. Is that tree TOS first season? Do you mean uh, Voyager? Is that what you mean? No, Shore Leave's original series. Yeah, Shore Leave's original series. Theodore Sturgeon, the great I forgot there were multiple caretakers involved in Star Trek, so uh, yeah. so that's pretty the cool. The original caretaker, man. The one yeah. Well, like, it was an amusement park after Kirk. Yeah. Yeah, some people forget that there's more than one caretaker. So thanks, Oliver McGowan, for your contributions <laughs> to Star Trek. And finally, remembering uh, some guy named Gene Roddenberry. I don't know who that is. Something about Great Bird of the Galaxy, uh, founder of Star Wars, I think, if I remember right. Something like that. Uh, uh, what do you guys have Wasn't to say about Luke Gene Roddenberry? Skywalker's father? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, but 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 seriously, like happy birthday to the guy who started it all. Uh, we are all in debt to you. Uh, I think uh, it's kind of funny anytime anybody goes back and says Roddenberry's vision, because I feel like that's a little bit amorphous as well. Um, so to me, you sir have achieved legendary status. You are beyond uh, history. You are beyond. Um, like people's recollection, you have become a myth. So uh, Gene Roddenberry to me is one of those people who like in modern day times, I have been able to see the development of a mythological character. And I am uh, excited about that because I feel like that uh, world of secular humanism resonates with me quite a bit. And um, Gene Roddenberry, your vision, I feel like, uh, you know, shows like Star Trek Discovery and Strange New Worlds are actually carrying that vision forward. And I would hope that if you could evaluate them from beyond the grave, you would agree. Charles, uh, let's continue with those shout outs uh, and birthdays that are, you know, still with us. All right. Thank you, Eric. I'll speed up a little bit on this one. Happy birthday, Christian Slater, American actress, hailing from New York, New York, appeared in the cameo role as night duty officer in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Jeremy Wheaton, brother of Will Wheaton, portrayed Mason in Star Trek's Next Generation, first season episode, When the Bow Breaks. Guys who played Lyco in Star Trek's Next Generation third season episode, Who Watches the Watchers? And Taurus in Star Trek Voyager's fourth season episode, Hope and Fear. Brian Gorman, actress who played Lieutenant Curtis, attache in Star Trek Inter- Insurrection. Mark Evanson Jackson, American actor, voice actor, comedian who played... Back in Star Trek Lower Decks, sixth season episode Weeju, and simulated Star Trek Starfleet officer and simulated uh, Vendome in episode I Increasious. <clears throat> Jennifer Lean, happy birthday, actress who play who's known for playing Kess during the first through third season of Star Trek Voyager. And fourth season episode, Scorpion Part 2, and The Gift, who appeared in 70 episodes. And last but not least on my list, a very big happy birthday to James Kenneth J.K. Woodard, comic book artist. I'm not sure if he's still with IDW or not, but 
Yeah, a lot of great comics that we've reviewed, and we really do love his work. So unless anybody wants to comment about JK, I'll pass it on to Paul. Thanks, Charles. Appreciate it, man. All right, we've got all kinds of folks out there having birthdays. It just They just keep coming. They just keep having birthdays. Uh, first of all, Star Trek luminary, <laughs> Diana Muldaur, who is more recently known to Star Trek fans for her portrayal of Dr. Catherine Pulaski. Oh, I wait, love I, you. I read that wrong. <laughs> to, to Eric's favorite doctor, Dr. Catherine Pulaski. <laughs> so That's true. what I meant to say. <laughs> so true. During one brief second season of Star Trek The Next Generation, but uh, she will not be forgotten. One of the few folks who can say that she had also, before that role, appeared in two episodes of the original series. Uh, Returns to Tomorrow and Is There in Truth No Beauty. So really great. Somebody with some serious Star Trek cred. And of course, a lot of us older folks remember her from uh, her recurring role on McLeod where she first caught our eyes. So pretty cool stuff there. Uh, a wonderful class act, Diana Moldauer. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday all goes out to actor Greg Brick, who played Har Karras in the Strange New World second season episode, Those Old Scientists, which I would just sit down and watch again anytime. Lovely episode. So fun. Happy birthday to HBO Luminary and all-around uh, great person Kim Cattrall, uh, the English-Canadian actress who played Valeris in Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Oh, what an interesting role that was in the mythos of all things Vulcan. So pretty mm, cool. We could have an entire show on Valeris. You could, really. I mean, really interesting stuff going on there. Um, a lot of uh, oh, interesting... Big, big trouble in Little China, Porky, oh, yeah. Police Academy. I mean, come on. She's, she's, she's had a, a quite a career, quite a career, and, uh, and a very interesting person. Happy birthday goes out to Melinda Page Hamilton, actress who made her television debut as uh, Fiesel Flocks in Enterprise second season episode Stigma, which is cool. So happy birthday, Melinda Page Hamilton. I think a lot of folks here, uh, this is going to be interesting. Uh, this is a cool role. Actor William O'Connell, okay, who played Andorian Thalev in original series, second season episode, Journey to Babel. Real famously, pretty much the first, uh, you know, Andorian we ever saw on that uh, episode with his compatriot. Uh, I think it was Shran, if I remember correctly. But uh, great to see those two Andorians, and they did a really cool job together. But William O'Connell famously would play bad guys and uh, very, very cuts a real cool swath in the role. So it's great. I'm a massive fan of this next guy. Wow, this is a dude I would love to sit down and... Uh, love you. And uh, have drinks with and just listen to him talk because, uh, A, his voice is amazing. But uh, he's just one of the coolest actors, I think, anywhere. And what an incredible uh, legacy he leaves. Um, and he's still working. The great John Noble. We acknowledge here for his work, the diviner in Star Trek Prodigy. <laughs> but that voice, I'm sure everyone recognizes as Denethor from Lord of the Rings movies, right? That's where we first, uh, I think where a lot of us first became aware of how magnificent an actor he was. Um, but he was also on the uh, the Apple show Severance. If you haven't watched that, it's a really interesting show. And many, many episodes as Dr. Walter Bishop on Fringe. Uh, really, 
really cool. Um, you're a amazing actor, uh, John Noble. We love you. So absolutely great to be able to know that you're also part of Star Trek. Happy birthday also to Mark Bennington, who played the adult Echep in the alternative timeline of Star Trek Voyager 7th season episode Shattered. And oh. finally... Who could we be talking about here? She steers the ship. She's part of the ship. She <laughs> likes landing parties. Is she helm. is at the helm. That's right. A really cool individual and an awesome person and a pretty damn cool social media presence, I must say. Actress Melissa Navia, who plays Erica Ortegas in uh, Strange New Worlds, who we have definitely not seen the last of plot armor be damned i hope that ortegas <laughs> is around for a long ass time because too, we love brother. what you're doing we love what you're doing with the role uh we want you to get more so if by chance writer's room you ever hear this um i'd say this is one of the more talented actors you have who is yeah. getting to do the least with what yep. you are giving them so yep. please write more stuff and dig deeper into this character because Please. you got a real gem there that's not quite in getting the polish it deserves. More so, Ortegas. Yeah, really, really exciting and cool. Um, she's got serious chops, so use that character. And with that, I'd like to pass the uh, flaming birthday candle of Trek Talking over to Uncle Jim. Well, Melissa Navi is going to be appearing at Trek Long Island next year, which means I'll get a chance to meet her. I'm going to give her a business card and try to get her to come on this podcast. Wouldn't that be cool? That would be awesome. So I'm going to try to make that happen. We'll see. All right, guys. Yeah, we're going to go over a couple minutes, but that's okay. I want to say happy birthday to Robert Towers, who portrayed the Ferengi Rada in Star Trek The Next Generation's first season episode, The Battle. I also want to say happy birthday to Callum White, the actress who played Fright. Star Trek The Next Generation's fifth season episode, The Outcast. That was the awesome episode so with Riker where he falls. That, that's a great so episode. Good. We could do a One whole podcast. One of the best. Yeah. Um, that was awesome, awesome, Top awesome. five. We also want to say happy birthday to Carolyn Scott, the actress who played the Romulan Praetor in Star Trek Strange New Worlds first season episode, Equality of Mercy. That was pretty cool, too. We want to say happy birthday to Greg Griffin, the American voice actress, comedian, and singer-songwriter who provided the voice of Diamond Nadi in Star Trek Prodigy's first season episodes, First Contact, and Time of Mock. We also want to say happy birthday to John Snyder, who played the role of Bakra in Star Trek The Next Generation first season episode, The Enemy, which is another outstanding so episode that Top we can go on about. And also played Aaron Connor in the fifth season episode of TNG, Masterpiece Society. And the last one I mentioned at the top of the show, I got to sing happy birthday to him. Over the weekend, he's known as Two Takes Breaks, who, of course, played Jonathan Archer on Star Trek Enterprise. No, no, no. <laughs> Oops. I'm just kidding, you guys. Oh, he man. William T. Riker on TNG. He's appeared on every Star Trek. He's directed. He's done it all. He's awesome. I can't say enough I his about hand. Jonathan Frakes. I did. Um, I, I can tell you stories about meeting him at conventions. He is just absolutely awesome. Happy birthday to Jonathan Frakes. And I always save the biggest, and I always save the bestest for last. 
Um, Eric uh, is going to have to help me with this one a little bit. Is is David the newest member of our family, or is it Paul? Well, technically speaking, uh, Paul joined our cast as a regular cast member, but David has been calling in longer than Paul has been uh, calling in. So technically, David has been around a little bit longer. Okay. Well, the reason why I ask is because, of course, it's the Donut Guy's birthday tonight. And what would Trek Talking be without our donuts? We would be donutless. So we have to say happy birthday to David. And you know what that means? We have to send out a very special Trek Talking birthday song dedicated to David from the one and only Weird Al. With another mouth to feed Seems that everywhere you look today There's misery and greed I guess you know the earth is going to crash into the sun But that's no reason why we shouldn't have a little fun So if you think it's scary If it's more than you can take Just blow out the candles and have a piece of cake Happy birthday Happy birthday to you Happy birthday And happy birthday to you, David, from our Star Trek family. Thank you for being a part and making this yeah. podcast what it is today. Thank you, David. Thanks, Thanks guys. Fine. Happy, happy birthday, dude. Happy birthday. Candles on a cake. There you go. <laughs> put, put them on, on a donut. donut. <laughs> on a donut. Well, I, um, I, I have some new stories planned, but we can push those to our next podcast. That's fine. Um, I knew this show was going to be long simply because it was the end of Strange New World. So that's okay. No harm, no foul. That's awesome. There will not be a show next week because it's my wedding anniversary and I'm going away with my wife. And Woo! she would kill me if I interrupted our anniversary for a podcast. So <laughs> we're going to be I busy would, next week. So I no was show. last week any, next week anyways because I was going to be out of town myself. So... Perfect yeah. time to so miss. So there will be no show, but there is no new Star Trek next week either, so we can all take a well-earned vacation. But we do have coming up uh, our Star Trek Attack Wing slash Alliance slash Black Alert show with Josh Durkins, who we were going to do last Monday or the Monday before, but Block Talk Radio was going crazy, so we couldn't do the show. So that one's going to be on Monday. So bear that in mind. And uh, that pretty much wraps everything up, guys. Uh, Lower Deck starts on the 7th with two episodes. And that's it, guys. So I just want to say thank you so much to Paul for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you so much, Paul. Pleasure, man. It's been a fun season of Strange New Worlds. Let's hope that uh, we get them back sooner as opposed to later. Yep. And happy anniversary next week. Have a good time. Thank you so much. And also thank you to our very own birthday boy himself, David. Thank you for hanging out and Trek talking with us, David. Even with your dental issues. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to go to a galaxy close, close by and eat some donuts. (laughs) (laughs) And 
and and don't share a urinal with a stranger. Oh, oh my god! Remember man. that. <laughs> Sharing urinal. <laughs> right, and guys. of course, thank you so much. Thank you so much to our very own Eric for hanging out and Trek talking with us tonight. Thank you, Eric. Oh my god, I have so much fun on this show. Thank you guys. Uh, good times. Good times. You never know what we're going to talk about, do you? You never nope. can tell. Nope. It's always a little <laughs> bit of a crapshoot, and I like that. And and there's no editing. It's all completely live. <laughs> it's totally <true>. spontaneous. <laughs> there's, there's no editing or altering nope. the oh, signal thank that goodness. you are now receiving. I know. That's good, right? <laughs> and I watched from Kitty so Litter Cake. Cool. You know, <laughs> Kitty Litter Cake. <laughs> and, of course, we want to say thank you to our very own Charles. Thank you for joining us in Trek Talking with us tonight, Charles. Oh, thank you. I'm not sure where this show went tonight, but it was fun. It was fun. It usually is. And, of course, I want to say to everybody, Star Trek fans are the best fans. You better believe it. And please, everybody, stay safe and be good to each other. Hailing frequencies are closed. Good night, everybody. Good night, y'all. Good night, all. long and prosper. Let's see what's out there. Engage. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.